When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and I am thrilled to be back with a new episode of I've Got a Secret. You all got to know Tana Amon on episode 51. If you haven't heard that one yet, I definitely suggest you go back and take a listen. And today, I am honored to have the other half of the Amon couple, Dr. Daniel Amon. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Robin. Let me tell the Secret Squad about your unbelievable resume. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. So, Secret Squad, Dr. Amon is a 12-time New York Times best-selling author, double board certified psychiatrist, physician, and founder and CEO of Amon Clinics. Amon Clinics has the world's largest database of brain scans related to behavior with patients from 150 countries. Dr. Amon has taken all of this knowledge to write his latest book, Your Brain is Always Listening, Tame the Hidden Dragons that Control Your Happiness, Habits, and Hangups. This book explains the hidden influences that your brain is constantly listening and responding to, affecting your health, happiness, and peace. So we're here today to learn the secret to a healthy and happy brain. So Dr. Amon, can you tell the listeners a bit about your very impressive background? Well, I always like to start with I'm one of seven children, and I'm in the middle. Uh, One of the dragons in the book is the sibling and birth order dragon because it so informs who you are. And growing up, my dad called me a maverick, and to him, that was not a good thing. Oh, really? (laughs) It sounds like a great thing being called maverick. Well, you know what I learned many years later that he was considered a maverick in the grocery business. He oh. owned 12 grocery stores. Wow. And I think I was cuz more than any of my siblings I'm like him. And I think that's why we would often butt heads oh. with each other. Uh-huh. And when I was 18, the government still had a draft. It was 1972, and I had a low draft number and became an infantry medic where my love of medicine was born. But about a year into it, I realized I didn't like being shot at. It wasn't my thing. And so I got retrained as an x-ray technician and developed a passion for medical imaging. Mm -hmm. Our professors used to say, how do you know Mm -hmm. unless you look? And then in 1979, I'm a second year medical student and someone I love tries to kill herself. And I took her to see a wonderful psychiatrist, 
And I came to realize if he helped her, it wouldn't just help her, mm -hmm. that ultimately it would help her children mm -hmm. and even her grandchildren, mm -hmm. is they would be shaped by someone who was happier <gasps> and more stable. And so I fell in love with psychiatry and I've loved it every day for the last 42 years. Wow. But I fell in love with the only medical specialty that never looks at the organ it treats. And I knew it was wrong with my imaging background. And I've been blessed to be part of moving psychiatry out of the dark ages mm -hmm. where you don't look to before you medicate people, you should know what's going on in their brain. And it led to just this complete revolution in my life is mental illnesses, hate that term. Mm -hmm. They're not mental illnesses, mm -hmm. they're brain health issues. That if you get your brain right, your mind will follow. And so what I've just loved is working on getting my own brain healthy mm -hmm. and then helping the people we serve get their brains healthy. But once you get your brain healthy, you have to program it. And your brain is always listening, is really about reprogramming your brain to help you rather than hurt you. Wow. Okay. So listeners, through this entire podcast, I'm probably not going to say much at all, because if you could see me, I'm just sitting here almost just with my mouth open, just like, oh, <gasps> because I have always been such a huge fan of Dr. Amen. I think he's brilliant. I just can't hear enough of what he has to say because I just am such a fan and I've read every one of his books. I just am so thrilled that we all have him here today. All of you out there get to hear everything he has to say. So how and when did you become so involved with brain health? So I'm an army trained psychiatrist. I trained at the Walter Reed Army Medical mm -hmm. Center in Washington, D.C. Wow. And I'm also a child psychiatrist. I did that in Hawaii. And then when I was done, the army sent me to a little place called Fort Irwin in the middle of the Mojave Desert. So I'm the only psychiatrist for about 10,000 soldiers and their families. And it's there we started our imaging work. First with a study called quantitative EEG that looks at the electrical activity in the brain. And that's when I realized, so I could get a baseline and then I could change it, which I dearly loved. My best-selling book ever is called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. Yes. And it came from that in initial work that you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. In fact, every day you're making it better or you're making it worse yes. by the habits you engage in every day. But it really changed for me in 1991 when I started doing the study called Brain Spect Imaging, which mm -hmm. looks at blood flow and activity. And I was so excited. I was like a little kid. <laughs> and then my mom, who's still alive, she's 89, <sighs> oh. and she came and got scanned and she was 60. And her brain was gorgeous. It was <gasps> the prettiest brain I had ever seen oh, at that wonderful. point. And it totally fit her life. She has seven children, 52 grandchildren, oh, great grandchildren. No. She knows everybody's birthday, everybody's 
business, if you will. She's everybody's best friend. She is the most consistent, reliable, predictable person on the planet. And so her her. brain, you'll love you. You'll love her. She'll love you. And, um, and then I decided to scan myself and it wasn't that good because I had meningitis when I was a young soldier. In fact, she, when I uh, signed up, she said, don't send them to Fort uh, Ord because they have meningitis there. And they sent me to Fort Ord (gasps) and I got meningitis. And I played football in high school, which is bad for your brain. Yes. And I had bad habits. I've never drank. I don't really like drinking. I don't smoke, never did drugs, but was eating the wrong food. I wasn't sleeping. I was chronically stressed and starting to practice. And my brain wasn't healthy. And that infuriated me that my 60-year-old mother had a better looking brain than I did when I was 37. And um, I developed a concept I call brain envy. Uh I wanted her brain. Mm -hmm. I always say Freud was wrong. (laughs) Penis envy is not the cause of anybody's problem. I've not seen it one time (laughs) in 40 years. He was like two and a half feet too low in the body. (laughs) What you really want to care about is your brain. And nobody cares about their brain. Why? This is so fascinating. You can't see it, right? You can see the wrinkles in your skin or the fat around your belly and you can do something. Um, And I live in Newport Beach and I often say, because we have more plastic surgeons than almost anywhere in the world, we care more about our faces, our Mm -hmm. breasts, our bellies Mm -hmm. and our butts than we do our brain, which is insane. And so at that moment... So I'm a double board certified psychiatrist. I was the top neuroscience student in medical school. I didn't care about my brain because I'd never seen it. Uh And once I saw it, I fell in love with it. (gasps) And I'm like, I'm not going to hurt this thing anymore. And so I have really dedicated my career on how do I have a better brain because that will give me a better life. People don't know. Your brain's involved in everything you do, how you think, how you feel, how you act, how you get along with other people. It's the organ of intelligence, character, relationships, and every decision you make. And if your decision makings, you know, I've been on Dr. Phil's show Mm -hmm. a bunch and I just adore him. And we see these people who do not make good decisions. Uh And it's because their brain is often not healthy. So get your brain right and then your mind will follow. You know, I'm thinking right now of this show you were on recently, the taping with the little boy and his mother and his aunt were on the stage with you and Philip. And they were all so concerned about the six-year-old little boy because of his raging. And you were telling the mother that his brain was damaged in the front, which was causing his behavior. And I remember seeing mom and his aunt look at each other and go, oh, my gosh. And the aunt was reminding mom of when the father had slammed the little boy's head on the car during a raging event and it damaged his brain. And you told them that. And they both just broke down in tears, of course, but it gave them the answer they needed because they were so confused as to why this little boy was acting like this. And 
they got the answer and you helped them understand and heal. Told them how you could help heal this little boy. And I'll never forget it. The image of them, of them not only realizing why he was acting this way, but you showing them on the screen, this little boy's brain and explaining why he was acting this way and the relief and the sadness too, of course, but they would never have known what was making that little boy act like that if you had not scanned his brain. One of the big lessons I've learned, so we've now done over 170,000 scans. <gasps> and if you said, hey, Daniel, the single most important thing you've learned, mild traumatic brain injury ruins people's lives. It's a major cause of mental health problems, homelessness, <gasps> substance abuse, and oh, nobody knows about it no. because most mental health practitioners never look at the organ <gasps> they treat. And that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, why, one of the reasons I fell in love with Imogene was it increased forgiveness and compassion from families mm -hmm. because they begin to see the problem is medical and not moral. That's it right. decreases shame and guilt and increases compassion. Mm -hmm. And I just like, we have nothing else yes. in psychiatry that does that. And the maverick part of me mm -hmm. is really helpful because when I first started doing imaging, I got called all sorts of bad names and people just called me a charlatan <gasps> and a snake oil sales. And it was deeply hurtful. And in the book, I talk about the dragons oh, mm -hmm. from the past and the wounded dragon. I mean, I was wounded because that's not why I went to medical school was to fight with my colleagues. Exactly. Um, why would they do that? Because it's it, in fact, there's a great book about this. It's called The Structure of Scientific Revolution. And initially somebody sees, okay, there's a problem. You're not looking at the organ. And if I just make a diagnosis based on symptoms, sometimes mm -hmm. if I give you Prozac, it helps you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it makes you suicidal. <gasps> and that would just, that just horrified me. So mm -hmm. I saw a problem. So that's step number one. Two is the old guard begins to make minor tweaks to protect itself. And we've had six versions of the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical mm -hmm. Manual, but essentially it's not very, it's not been changed since DSM-3. You come up with a new model and the most reliable step in the scientific revolution is number four, there's a rejection. Mm -hmm. People just reject mm -hmm. it because it doesn't fit mm -hmm. what the old guard is trying to protect. Mm -hmm. And right now in psychiatry, we're between four and five. Five is the acceptance. Mm -hmm. But to get to five, the old guard actually has to die off. Mm -hmm. So it's called progress through funerals. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love keeping myself healthy uh -huh. because I want to see this through. Yes. Because if you're struggling with anxiety, with depression, with memory problems, with temper problems, somebody should look at your brain. Because yes. if you don't look, how do you know? Yes. Reminds me, do you remember Johnny Carson and yes. Karnak the Magnificent? Yes. He put this yes. turban on and he put the answer to his head. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not smart enough to be able to know what's going on in your head unless I actually That's right. look. That's right. And but, you talk in your book about all of the events in your life and the reasons that you are suffering and 
when you read the book, you think, oh my goodness, I had never even thought about that event in my life. And that's why I'm suffering today. And it, it causes you to, to look back and think back about your life and everything that you've gone through and how that plays a part today and why you're suffering. Because your brain is still listening yes. to the traumas you had when you were yes. four. I have a great example. I talked to one of my friends yesterday. She's a brand new grandma. Oh. And she was over at her daughter's and they hired a sleep specialist to help the baby learn to sleep through the night. <laughs> and they didn't warn grandma. They had just gotten a rocking chair, though. For that <laughs> They didn't warn grandma. They're going to let the baby scream for oh, an hour. No. And... She got panicked uh -huh. and it caused this big row in the house. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always educating new grandparents. Mm -hmm. uh, don't say anything unless they ask you questions. Oops. And so caused lots of conflict. But when I was talking to her, I said, I want you to remember what you were thinking and feeling. She said, I just felt panicked. Now I want you to close your eyes and go back to the first time in your life you ever felt that way. And within 10 seconds, she's three years old. Her parents, she's from Brazil. Her parents come to the United States and leave her. And she just felt horrible. And so that event when the baby's screaming and the baby's mm -hmm. now sleeping fine and yeah. all of that worked, but it triggered her dragon from the past. The wounded dragon got triggered by the baby crying. And that caused family conflict. So you just wonder mm -hmm. how much of our past mm -hmm. your brain is still listening to that infects our present day yeah. and messes with our relationships. Oh, that's why I'm so in love with this book. And then the imaging. I cannot wait for you to scan my brain because I'm thinking right now, wow, our brains are like an untold story. And I can't wait for you to scan mine and find out the story that it has to tell and Find out and what it's it is. only good news. Whatever oh. we see is good news because you have what you have. Uh -huh. And if I can make it better, well, how exciting is that? Or if it's oh. already awesome, we celebrate and you do what you've been doing. I mean, mm -hmm. that's basically what my mom did. She's playing golf. She loves to play cards. She's oh. always learning. When my grandfather, who I loved, who I was named after, who was my best friend, had a heart attack. Oh. When he was young, she got very involved in sort of alternative medicine, mm -hmm. which is one of my interests. You oh, know, how too. can I make your brain better in the most natural ways oh. possible? So, for example, I've we make something called happy saffron mm -hmm. that has 21 randomized controlled trials showing it's as effective as antidepressant medication to boost your mood, but it's also good for your eyes. It's been shown to be good for your memory and your focus. And when the pandemic wow. started, everybody in my house took happy saffron. Um, but it's like a natural way to support the health of my brain. Oh my gosh. Well, I will be honest with you. And that's why I've always been such a fan of yours because I too believe in doing everything natural that you can. Uh, I, it's not like only natural, but uh, that's my first preference and love is to do everything natural health-wise. But can you tell us about the brain scans that you do and what they show? Now we've been talking about that, but let's be a lot more specific about those for the listeners. Uh, tell them about the brain scan, how you do them, what would they do when they came to your clinic for a brain scan? 
So we do a nuclear medicine study called SPECT. It stands for Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography. And it's basically, we get these really cool 3D images of how your brain works. And it basically shows us three things, good activity, too little or too much. And then my job is to balance it. And so people come to the clinic. Now, generally, we also take a long history because mm -hmm. we want to know the story of your life. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll test your brain and then scan you. And the hardest part of the scan is getting a little tiny needle into a vein in your arm because mm -hmm. when we inject the medicine, it actually goes to your brain and lights it up. And every image is made up of about 10 million counts mm -hmm. or 10 million times little photons. That's why mm -hmm. it's called single photon. Little pieces of light hit the crystals on the camera. I just love it. Mm -hmm. And then we can rotate it in 3D and really get... Um, I just did a... Um, video with Jenny Garth, uh, who's the mm. actress from 90210, because yes. she was complaining of memory problems, even though she's only 48. And we posted it on online. And it wasn't what you thought. It was her emotional brain was working mm. too hard, which was just interrupting her ability to retain oh, information. Wow. And so people typically think memory problems, low activity, but that wasn't it. And targeting the treatment, not to a cluster of symptoms, not to memory or anxiety or depression or ADD, but to her brain is just so much more effective. Oh, my. That's so... And so you get these cool 3D pictures. And my favorite part is four or five months later doing another one. Oh, yes. It's like if you actually do what I ask you to do, yes. like one of my friends, Lisa Gibbons, uh, you probably know Lisa. Yes, her mother her. had Alzheimer's disease. Her mm -hmm. grandmother had Alzheimer's disease. And so it was 20 years ago, more, I was on her show with Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. Mm -hmm. And she read it and she's like, this explains half my family. And and I wanted her to come see me because I knew about her grandmother and her mother. But she's like, don't want to know, yes. don't want to know. And then she went through a hard time and got depressed. And then she came. Yeah. And her brain was headed to where her mother's brain was headed. And this is when she's 51. Well, I scanned her when she was 62. Uh -huh dramatically better. Oh. And that's not what happens to brains typically over time, uh -huh. sort of like our face, it uh -huh. gets worse. Hers was better oh. because she's obsessed with doing the right thing, uh -huh. right? Brain health is not hard. It's three things. It's brain envy. You got to care. Avoid anything that hurts your brain. You mm -hmm. just have to know the list. You have to know right? it. Mm -hmm. Alcohol is not a health food. Marijuana is not going green. You really should be careful with the products you put on your body uh -huh. so that they don't have toxins in them. Um, brain envy. Avoid things that hurt your brain. Do things that help your brain. Uh -huh. And so, again, you just have to know the list from what are the right foods. Sleep, obviously, is essential. Exercise is critical if you want to keep your brain young, as well as new learning. Because when you use your brain, it makes new connections. When you stop using it and just make Netflix your best friend, mm -hmm. then your brain actually starts to disconnect itself. Mm -hmm.
You know, I want to say to the listeners, it's so wonderful to have brilliant guests like you telling all of us this vital information, because whether you like it or not, you're getting older every second of every minute. So you're going to get there for all of you out there that are in your 20s and your 30s. Yes, you're having a ball with life. Yes, you're you're just starting your adult life and you're looking forward to everything that's ahead. But it's so important at the same time to remember every second you're getting older and you're going to get to that phase in life where you're going to say, wow, I wish I had listened to those older than me, and I wish I had done the things I should have done to be the, my healthiest right now. When you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, do what you need to do so you are your healthiest. I'm not saying don't have fun, but start every day doing what you can to be your healthiest. And, and it's, it's such a benefit for someone who's 15 yes. or someone who's 20 yes. because you do better in school. Mm -hmm. You do better and you make more money. If yes. your brain is right, your relationships are better. And there's a whole section in the new book on bad habit dragons. Yes. And I think the worst dragon to have in the book is one of the bad habit dragons, which is the oblivious bad habit dragon. And, you know, many people have often wondered why the United States with only 4% of the world's population has more than 25% of the world's COVID cases mm -hmm. and more deaths than any anyone by far. And it's because we are significantly unhealthy mm -hmm. as a country. Mm -hmm. 50% of the population is diabetic or pre-diabetic. 60% of us have hypertension or we're pre-hypertensive. Depression has quadrupled since the 80s. And then from February to September, it tripled again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like insane. And it's, but we're oblivious to what we put in our bodies, to what we allow to come into our minds. We just need to be so much more thoughtful. And um, we have a high school course called Brain Thrive by 25. And invariably, when we teach the ninth graders how, what to avoid mm -hmm. to have a good brain, a, a boy, always a boy, so irritating, <laughs> raise his hand and go, how can you have any fun? Uh -huh. And so we play a game with them called Who Has More Fun? Uh -huh. The kid with the good brain or the kid with the bad brain? Yes. Who gets the girl and gets to keep her because he's not an idiot? The kid <laughs> with the good brain or the kid with the bad brain? Who has the most independence? I mean, that's ultimately what you want right, as a teenager, right. right? It's the kid with the good brain because he acts consistently or she acts consistently and his or her parents trust her, who gets right. into the college they want to get into, who gets the best jobs, takes the coolest vacations, has the most meaning and purpose, because mm -hmm. ultimately that's what happiness is about. Right. Happiness is not about pleasure. Happiness is not about having more of this or that. That's, that's right. a big trap. Um, who sleeps like a purpose. baby at night? Who lives without regret every day? Who is confident and knows what they want in life. It's the one with the healthiest brain. It's the one who's it's taking the care hardware, of themselves. Right? If you get the hardware right, mm -hmm. well, then you can program it. I got to scan 
uh, Tony Robbins, which was really fun for me. He's like six eight. He's a giant. So tall. And and we did a Facebook Live together, and we and I talked about how I I love him, and he's so good at teaching people how to be successful. Uh -huh. But it's a software program. Uh huh. That if the hardware is not working, mm -hmm. the software program doesn't work. So the first step is get your brain right, and then you have to program it. Yes. So let me ask you this. Should everyone get a brain scan or just only those who have had a, an injury? It's I think a everybody question, should but... be scanned. So there's yeah. this fun tradition we have in my family where if you date any of my children for more than... <laughs> four months, you get scanned. <laughs> and uh, I love that. The New York Times Magazine did a story on me and they sort of implied that I use it to weed people out, which is totally <laughs> not true. But I want to know yeah. for my oldest daughter, her husband, but boyfriend at the time, uh -huh. his Mother has paranoid schizophrenia and his father killed himself. Ooh. I totally want to know yes. what's going on. Yes. And he actually ended up writing a book called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life by 25. So he wrote the follow-up for oh. me and he's passionate about brain health. And my baby, Chloe, who's 17, she starts dating um, <gasps> Michael. And when Michael was 12, his mother killed herself. Oh, so no. we totally want to know. And yes. Michael just embraced it and took the supplements I recommended. His anxiety went oh. down and he was an awesome human being before, but now we know his yes. vulnerability and we want it to be better. When I met Tana 15 years ago, um, I had been married for 20 years to somebody who didn't like me very much. Oh. And it was just miserable. Oh. Um, but I had one of the dragons I talk about in the book, the shouldn't shaming dragon. And yeah. so I just, I, I was so embarrassed by it. And, but I knew when I got divorced, if I was going to get married again, uh -huh. one of the first parts of her I wanted to see was her brain. Uh -huh. I don't blame <laughs> you at all. And, wonderful. And so brain health has been very important. So I think it's a great idea because it's just information. Mm -hmm. We screen almost every other organ in our body that's except right. the most important one, that's right? So I mean, people true. go for colonoscopies, they go for cardiac stress tests or pap smears. Well, that's what right. about the organ that makes every decision that helps you be happy and manages your money? That's what so what true. about screening that organ? That is so true. And you know, I'm a very visual person. And when you mentioned Rescanning, doing it again later, a follow-up scan. I would so be on board for that because I love to see results and I love to see how what I'm doing is working. And so I'm so on board for doing that uh, first scan and then the follow-up scan to see how it's working. How I, how soon do you do? Would you suggest doing the follow-up scan? You know, generally it's three, four, or five months. No. Uh, I did the big NFL study. Uh -huh. So one of the most fun things in life I did when the NFL was sort of having trouble with the truth about traumatic brain injury in football, uh -huh. right? Most thoughtful nine-year-olds would know brain is soft about the consistency of soft butter, tofu, custard. Skull is hard. Skull has sharp, bony ridges. Helmets don't protect against brain damage. They pr protect against skull fractures. Mm. And so, because if you get head-to-head -head hit, 
inside your skull. Your brain is doing this. Yes. And so most thoughtful nine-year-olds would go and playing football is a potentially brain-damaging sport. Oh, I was so happy neither one of my boys played football yes, in high school. Yes, I am school. too. So we've scanned and treated 300 NFL players. Wow. I mean, cool players like Rosie Greer and yeah. Freddie Dreyer and Jack Youngblood and Terry Bradshaw and high levels of damage. <gasps> but when we put their brain in a healing environment, two months later, 80% of them showed better blood flow to their <gasps> brain. Their moods were better. Their motivation was better. Their sleep was better. And their memory in was better. Just when we two tested. months? Two months. <gasps> I mean, come on, you can do that. If That's... you want a better brain, you can have it in a short period of time. Wow. That's wonderful. I bet they were so happy. And they... nobody knows. Um, the movie Concussion with Will Smith was a great movie. I was actually written into the script <gasps> oh. because I provide hope. But then I got written out of the oh. script. So I know the joy of being in and the despair oh, of being out. But that's the thing nobody knows is you're not stuck with what you have. But yes. if you don't know, how do you, you know, you just don't have the motivation to do anything oh, about it. I when you see your brain is headed to the dark place, if you're smart, you're yes. going to like get serious about yes. getting well. Tell the listeners everywhere you have a clinic that will scan the brain. So I have a brand new clinic in Dallas uh, that's so busy. We're so happy about that. Uh, in Orange County and Costa Mesa in the San Fernando Valley and Encino in Walnut Creek in the Bay Area, Bellevue, Washington, Chicago, Manhattan in New York City, uh, Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. Oh, that's so wonderful. Congratulations on that. I just I'm so excited. I want to take a little break right now and do something that we do in every podcast, and that is our drink of the day. And this drink I took from Tana's book, and it's called Tana Amon's Brain Smart Start Smoothie. Oh. And it is so wonderful. It's one half cup of frozen blueberries, one half cup of frozen cherries, one third of a banana, eight ounces of almond milk, one large handful of baby spinach, one small cucumber, two tablespoons of hemp seeds, and one tablespoon of coconut butter, one tablespoon of goji powder, one scoop of vanilla sugar-free pea protein powder, and one dropper full of liquid stevia, one tablespoon of freeze-dried greens. It is so delicious. You take all of that, mix it all together. I have it right here, and each of us now have one. The blueberries are on a beautiful pick for stirring and eating, of course, but the hemp seeds are scattered on the top of it. It is so delicious. So cheers. Cheers. All of you listeners can go to our website, I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com, and you can get the recipe and you can also see a photo of the finished drink, and you're just gonna love it. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so delicious. I'm a lucky boy. You are her. so lucky. Tana is not only gorgeous and delightful, but she's brilliant also. And her book is so wonderful. She would be here with us today in our office, but she is actually on the doctors with her new book. So congratulations to her. And that book is just wonderful. I, we had such a wonderful time together on this podcast. 
and such a great response to the podcast. I encourage all of you listeners who didn't listen to that episode to please go listen to it because she's so beautiful, delightful, and wonderful. And we had so much fun together. And like I said, she's brilliant. So I really enjoyed that time together. Now, I am a huge proponent of positive self-talk, and I really feel that we need to be kind to ourselves. I'm curious from a medical perspective, uh, do negative thoughts have an impact on our actual brain health? They do. So I did a study with Noelle Nelson. Um, She was writing a book called The Power of Appreciation. Mm. And we scan people when they love themselves, Mm. when they thought about what they were grateful for and what they appreciated about their life. And then we scan them when they hated themselves Mm. and were afraid and let the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, jump on them. Um, It's a term I coined many years ago. I was just going to say, I I love that phrase. So automatic negative thoughts. Mm. uh, And they don't teach children how to rid themselves of the pesky creatures. Mm-hmm. And when people focused on what they loved, they had better blood flow to their brain. And when they focused on the darkness, we saw decreases in three specific areas in their frontal lobes. So their judgment's not going to be as good. Their focus is not going to be as good. In their left temporal lobe, which is often associated with violence. So they're going to get dark thoughts, not be able to control them. And the most interesting part, their cerebellum in the back bottom part of the brain that's involved with coordination and processing speed dropped like a rock, which meant they're going to be less coordinated. So, for example, that helps to explain athletic slumps that if you go to the plate and you think you're going to strike out, well, you're more likely to strike Uh out. (laughs) Or if you're playing golf and you think you're going to hook the ball or slice Uh the ball, you're more likely to hook or slice (gasps) the ball because the part of your brain that helps you with coordination is just not quite right. (gasps) So now I am not a fan of positive thinking. Let me clarify that. Uh I'm a fan of accurate thinking. Positive thinking is I could have three beers before I drive home and I'm going to be just fine. No, you need some anxiety. Uh Uh, Otherwise, you drive at 125 miles an hour down the freeway. Uh So you need some anxiety. Let's Uh not just tell ourselves everything's going to be fine, Uh but let's tell ourselves the truth, but nudge it toward the positive. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I start every day with today is going to be a great day. That way, I'm looking for what's right rather than what's wrong. But my favorite exercise, when I talk about the hopeless and helpless dragon, which is the dragon that causes depression, we do something called positivity bias training, where before I go to bed every night, I say a prayer, Mm -hmm. and then I go, what went well today? Uh And Uh it's a treasure hunt. I love that exercise because I always find wonderful things. Like when I go to bed tonight, I'll think about our conversation and how wonderful your staff is and how, you know, much I was looking forward to this, even when you're having a bad day. So during the pandemic, early on, my mom and dad got COVID. My mom got better. My dad really didn't. And on May 5th, we lost him. And, but because my habit 
is when I go to bed, I go, what went well today? And, and I did that. And I initially stopped and go, seriously, you're going to do this today? Because it was a bad day. Uh-huh. And, but it's my habit. Uh-huh. And I just remember the conversation between the police officer and my mother. Uh-huh. And it was very funny. Uh, oh. <laughs> it was very funny. And then I remember the hundreds of texts I got from my friends and his friends on how much they loved him. And then I remember feeling his hand. I held his hand before the coroner took him away and it was so soft. And I slept like a baby that night. Didn't mean I wasn't sad or I didn't have to grieve, but you do not have to be a victim of your mind. You can learn to manage your mind so it doesn't manage you. And too often people are being tortured abused Uh by what their mind is doing. And no one's ever taught them how to manage it, how to get rid of the dragons that are still breathing fire on their emotional brains from things that happened long ago. You know, I lay in bed at night and I, I do that. I say a prayer and I go through my grateful list, but I, I'm going to add that exercise to my prayer every night. What went well? Yes, what went well well today? today? That's beautiful. The research shows in just three weeks, it improves mood. Mm. And then if you start the day with today is going to be a great day. Mm -hmm. And for moms who are listening that have children, do this at breakfast. So why is today going to be a great day for you? And at night, at dinner, what went well today? The discussions would just be amazing. Oh. I love that. And you're just nudging the brain to look for what's right rather than what's wrong. Do you remember the old Disney movie, Pollyanna? Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Disney uh-huh. movie mm-hmm. because Pollyanna, and unfortunately, she sort of got a bad rap. You know, if, mm-hmm. if people are too positive, they go, oh, you're Pollyanna. Yeah. Um, but she teaches people to play the glad game, which is whatever situation you're in, we're in a pandemic. Well, what is there to be glad about? Mm -hmm. Eight out of 10 families feel closer because they have more time. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. We've been doing that within our own family during this pandemic and always talking about, well, in this horrible time, let's talk about the goodness in it, what it's brought to us, the positive that it's brought to our family. And we always have to come up with something new when we're all together on FaceTime. Well, let's talk about something new that's happened because of this pandemic. It's been, a, I think, a very positive experience for us. We all laugh because it's hard sometimes to come up with something new, but it's really cute for the kids, too, for our grandchildren to play the game with us. So we've enjoyed that. So let's shift to our relationships with others. How can the dragons that other people have battle our own dragons? Well, it's like a modern-day game of thrones in your head uh, because your dragons, whether it's the wounded dragon or my primary dragon is the abandoned, invisible, and insignificant dragon just because where I was in my family. And when you're the second son in a Lebanese family, you're invisible because the first son Uh is it, Uh Uh, which... I'm so grateful for now because it allowed me, I didn't have to go to work in a grocery store. I could do anything I wanted. But growing mm-hmm. up, yeah. I felt in, invisible. If you're with someone else 
who has that dragon, you're always fighting for attention. Uh Um, Or if you have the wounded dragon, you never know when you're going to push on the button to trigger your partner. So for example, when I was growing up in the 60s and early 70s, I love Cat Stevens. It was just one of my favorite artists, like Morning Has Broken and Peace Train and Father and Son. But whenever I play that for Tana, she gets angry. And because for her, when she was young, she was around a drug addict uncle Mm -hmm. who also liked Cat Stevens. So whenever (gasps) I put him on, because we have different experiences, Uh I love it. She gets angry. Uh And so I've learned there are things I cannot Uh play when I'm around her because, you know, our dragons are Uh interfering. Yes. That's such a good reason to have open conversations and and honest conversations with your partner about your dragons. Listen and take note. Always remember, you know, have some empathy, some compassion for your partner's dragons. Help them. Yeah, one of the dragons is the judgmental dragon where it's got a gavel and judge robes. And it's when you grew up and you felt like things weren't fair, uh, that you get upset and you want things to be a certain way. And that's actually Tana's primary dragon because of the trauma mm-hmm. she grew up in. And so I bought her a gavel for Christmas last oh. year. Um, but we we just play with it. And, you know, rather than getting angry or upset, so oh, I wonder if the judgmental dragon needs a hug today. Oh, that's, I have to say, when we want to talk about a healthy relationship, we can certainly talk about the relationship you have with Tana, because when she was on the podcast, the love between the two of you was just magical. It was so magnetic for all of you listeners out there. When Tana was here in the office uh, doing the podcast with me, Dr. Amon came with her and sat uh, at the side of the room and watched us together. And again, the love between the two of them was just magnetic. So how was your beautiful relationship with her? How has it affected your life? Oh, it's the treasure of my life. Uh, You know, when you've been, if your primary dragon is the abandoned, invisible and insignificant dragon, and then you're in a 20-year marriage that is just without love Mm -hmm. and unhappiness, it makes you feel more invisible. Mm -hmm. And so to have a partner who sees me, who supports me, who I see her Mm -hmm. and support her. um, You know, the one question you should ask yourself before you propose is can I live with this person in a pandemic? (laughs) Can I be with them 24-7 for a year or two years? And with her, I absolutely can. But, you know, it starts with the dragon tamer. And the dragon tamer, you first have to know what you want. Mm -hmm. And so we are very clear with what we want. We Mm -hmm. want a kind, caring, loving, supportive, passionate relationship. Mm -hmm. We always want that. Now, we Mm -hmm. don't always feel like that. Uh We get rude thoughts that come Uh in our head. And Mm -hmm. if you've not slept, sometimes they'll get out. But 
you, it always starts. There's there's a really great section in the new book. Your brain is always listening on the addicted dragon. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about a new 12-step program because, you know, many of us know, and I'm a psychiatrist, so obviously I know a lot of people struggle with addictions and we know AA and their 12-step program, but that was developed in the 30s. Um, there's no neuroscience mm -hmm. in it. And so I reimagined the 12 steps yes. with neuroscience. Uh -huh. And step number one in AA is I admit my life is out of control. Well, for me, that's not step one. That's step two. Step one is what the heck do you want? Uh -huh. You know, what do you I want in your relationships, your work, your money, your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? What yes. do you want? You have to define that. That's right. And then is the substance use or pornography or shopping or whatever, food, is it interfering with you getting what you want. Because if you're wondering if you're an addict, that's the question to ask yourself. Is my behavior, is this, is alcohol or marijuana or cocaine or gambling or whatever it is, is it interfering with my ability to get what I want in my relationships, work, money, physical, emotional, spiritual health. So I think all of us should be designing our lives to be crystal clear because and there are dozens of tiny habits in this book. And the tiny habit for step one is, does it fit? Mm -hmm. Just ask yourself, does my behavior fit the goals I have mm -hmm. for my life? And if it doesn't, then I need help. Yes. And you can find that help in this book. Trust me, it has all of the answers. So your brain is always listening. It is available on March 2nd, 2021. Can you tell the listeners if they can pre-order it? Yes, they can. <gasps> and where? And if they'll get some very special gifts if they <gasps> do that. Yourbrainisalwayslistening.com. And I created a special um, group of worksheets Ooh. to know your dragons and what you can do about them. There is Magnificent Mind with Medical Hypnosis. It's actually six hypnosis audios <gasps> I get. If people pre-order the book, they also get a free bottle of Happy Saffron. Oh, so there's a coupon for a free bottle of Happy Saffron, which is a $49.95 value. Wow. That's and, and I'm going to do a special two hour event, March 17th, to answer questions just from people who pre-ordered <gasps> the book. So you go to yourbrainisalwayslistening.com and uh, pre-order the book. I would love that. I'm trying to get it oh. as much attention as possible. That is wonderful to have that opportunity to pre-order and then get all of those wonderful gifts. Congratulations to all of the listeners who uh, have that opportunity. That is so fabulous. So listeners, pre-order and get those wonderful gifts. I love that. And you, the book itself is a gift and it's just brilliant. And now you have the opportunity to pre-order and get those gifts. So I'm very, very excited for our listeners. We've now come to a point in the podcast where we play a game. So how do you feel about playing games? I'm all in. Oh, good. Okay, so we've created this game, and uh, we've been talking about strengthening your brain. So I'm about to put your brain to the test. 
I'm going to read a story with lots of detail. So make sure you're paying very, very close attention. And at the end, I'm going to quiz you on some very specific parts of the story to see how much you remember. And listeners, you can do the same thing. You can listen to this story and answer the questions. But uh, Dr. Amon, you have some questions to answer when I'm finished with the story. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this passage is called Tana and Robin's Day Off. On a sunny day in September, Robin and Tana decided to play hooky and have a day to themselves. Robin called Tana on her iPhone and said, be ready in 17 minutes. Tana put on a blue top, dark denim jeans and black heeled boots, and Robin wore an animal print dress with pink pumps and put her hair up in a black scrunchie. Robin picked up Tana in a red Ferrari convertible, blasting Katy Perry and the two hit Beverly Hills for shopping and lunch. Tana's long hair flowed in the wind as she walked down Rodale Drive and picked the first store to shop at, Bloomingdale's. The two women walked into the shoe department and exclaimed, I'll take one of everything, as they waited for their items. To come out, Robin gushed to Tana about her grandson's straight A's and her granddaughter's ballet recital. They are so talented, exclaimed Tana, and Tana pulled out her pink phone to show Robin photos of her new breakfast skillet recipe. That looks incredible, said Robin. I'll make it Tuesday morning for Philip. Tana and Robin paid for their items and left for a 1 p.m. lunch at La Scala. At the back booth, Tana ordered the chopped salad with lemon vinaigrette, and Robin ordered a medium salmon with rosemary potatoes. The two swapped stories about life, love, and family over a bottle of rosé. Dessert, asked Robin. Let's splurge, exclaimed Tana. They ordered a slice of chocolate cake, caramel ice cream, two chocolate-dipped cookies, and Robin took a slice of cheesecake to go for Philip. They gabbed for hours and hours, enjoying some time for just themselves. The two BFFs got back in Robin's car and drove off into the sunset. It was a perfect day off. So, Dr. Aitman, what color was Robin's dress? Uh, animal print. Oh, perfect. Did Tana wear her hair up or down? Down. <laughs> That's true. What month was this? September. That's <laughs> true. What color was Robin's car? Red. Oh, true. What type of dance does Robin's granddaughter perform? Oh, I don't know. Oh, ballet. True or false, Tana and Robin bought one of every handbag at Bloomingdale's. Shoes. Oh, you're right. False. They were. We were in the shoe department. Which street were they on? Rodeo Drive. True. True or false, Robin's salmon was overcooked. False. Correct. That was never mentioned. What color were Tana's shoes? I don't remember. Oh, darn. They were black. What day is Robin making Tana's breakfast skillet? Tomorrow. Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> what type of drink did Tana and Robin enjoy together? Rosé. True. Which of these desserts was not ordered? Chocolate cake, cheesecake, tiramisu, caramel ice cream, chocolate-dipped cookies. Tiramisu. <laughs> Correct. That's it. What a fun day. That was a fun day. And, and Tana was... would actually show you how to make healthy chocolate cake. Ooh. That's her. She was on Recipe Rehab on ABC. <gasps> really? And she had to rehab these <gasps> amazingly delicious, unhealthy. Uh, she did pumpkin spice bars, and oh, they oh were just gosh. amazing. Pumpkin pie That's is one my of favorite her. dessert. I love pumpkin. Yeah. So she'd show you how to make it in a healthy way. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have her come over. 
and beg her to come over and we're going to do desserts <laughs> like that because I don't eat desserts for that very reason. Sugar is sugary, sweet desserts does not have, I, I, my body does not like that. So she makes something called nutty buttercups. Oh, I just love. They're sort of like um, Reese's peanut butter cups, but they're healthy. Oh my goodness. Because chocolate is a super food. Yes. Every night I make her hot chocolate. And it's unsweetened organic almond milk with raw cacao that's from Brazil. It's amazing. Two squirts of chocolate stevia from Sweetleaf and a little almond milk whipped cream. Oh, my gosh. Less than 100 calories. No way. And to die for. It's just as good as anything you could get. She is so lucky. (laughs) <laughs> she is so lucky. Now, did you say chocolate stevia? Chocolate stevia. So there's a company called Sweet Leaf. Uh-huh, yes. They make like 12 different flavors of liquid stevia. I did and not my know. favorite by far is their chocolate. Well, I'm going to be looking that up and ordering some of that. I did not know there was such a thing yeah. because I love stevia. No, I put it in <gasps> ca- ca- cappuccino I make for oh her in the morning. God. Or She's so lucky. Philip, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. And Dr. Amon, thank you so much for sitting down with me. This was a conversation that I think a lot of our listeners were really looking for. So tell everyone where to find more information about you and Amon Clinics and remind us one more time where to pre-order your book. Well, they can find us at amonclinics.com. So amen, like the last word in a prayer, clinics.com. And they can find out more about Happy Saffron at BrainMD, which is our supplement company. And your brain is always listening.com to pre-order the book and get those special gifts. Oh, that is so wonderful. This book is a must-read, Secret Squad. Head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for photos, recipes, and extras that only the Secret Squad has access to. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.